In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, my brothers and sisters, and our glorious King, Jesus Christ. I am an early riser. I didn't always used to be. But now, I can't even remember the last time I was still asleep when the alarm went off. And the alarm is set for 5.30 every morning. Some mornings it's as early as 4 or something. And I'm wide awake, ready to roll. So I just get up and get going. But the Romans lesson for the day reminded me of mornings during July, so many years ago in my childhood, when it would be time to leave for family vacation. If we were heading up north, my grandmother, who lived north of us on the way, would insist that we needed to stop there for breakfast. That was 100 miles away. So, we had to get up really early. I slept on the top bunk. It was my dad's assignment to rouse the boys and get them to the car to get underway. So my dad would jostle us and wake us up enough, but he didn't feel his job was to pry us out of bed. So we had one shot at getting up on first being awakened. If we fell back to sleep, you never saw him again. I'm sure that arm just reached around the corner through the door frame and flipped on the lights. I slept on the top bunk. The ceiling light was about this far from my face. Never failed. I was immediately awake, and I can guarantee you, once I was realizing what day it was and where we were going, I was so excited, full of energy, I was probably in the car within five minutes, with my face washed, fully dressed, ready to roll. Do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. These verses are clearly all about our Advent behavior. We don't know when Jesus will return. But clearly, nothing has changed since the Apostle Paul first wrote these words in his letter to the Romans. Every single day we are alive. Every single day the sun rises again. We are one day closer to 
the coming of Christ in glory to end time and judge the world. It's closer than it's ever been before. And none of us is even guaranteed more time this day that we have begun. And none of us is even guaranteed finishing out this day before it might be over. So let's understand the present time in which we are living a little better. Let's think about what it means to live in a way that shows we fully understand that our salvation is nearer at hand right now than it has ever been. That the night we are living through is nearly over. And the first day of the blessed and eternal life for which we long is almost here. First, Paul throws on the ceiling lights of spiritual truth in a unique way. He tells us no matter what we might be thinking about the moment in which we are living, it is long past time to be fully awake. No Christian is ever allowed to make the excuse that we needed a break from being vigilant regarding our moral living, our character, our priority of evangelizing others. There isn't some occasional sleepy stretch when we can all agree it's time to stand down for a while and get some rest from the vigilance that our Savior calls us to every single day. Perhaps those words remind you of Jesus speaking to those three most specially chosen disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night before he died. As he took them along with him deeper in the garden to keep watch with him while he prayed, and they fell asleep on him, and he asked them, how can you not stay awake at a moment like this? The the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak, but I tell you, it's important that you stay awake. Please note the happy reason Paul gives us for this reality in this verse. He tells us our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. I hope you have a memory of that first day or at least the the stretch of your life during which you first became fully aware of what it means to be saved by Jesus Christ when you fully understood that your sins and your guilt are completely gone because God loves you so much. He made sure that the word would be proclaimed to you so that you might know without any doubt that you might have locked in certainty there is another life after this current painful and at times awful life. But God also revealed to you that the next perfect and fulfilling life he is providing you is free of charge to you, his gift to you, and that absolutely does change everything. And the apostle believes a timely reminder of just how big a reality that is will prove a perfect motivation to reshape our thinking and the way we are living regarding 
what he wants to say next. And that is, stop living like the people who don't know salvation. Stop with the deeds of darkness. Those would be the things that in most eras of history, most people would wait to do until darkness had to be descended upon their town, their region, out of sheer embarrassment of having someone see them participating in the carousing, as Paul refers to it here, and the drunkenness and the sexual immorality and the debauchery. It's still the case most of the time in our culture. Most of all that activity still waits for darkness when the party starts. But so much of our world now lives these things out in the bright daylight for everyone to see. And they even do it with pride. But don't be fooled. Don't be fooled because these things are happening in the broad daylight. And more and more people that you thought were decent people are joining in and participating. They are still deeds of darkness. They are still immoral by God's definition. They are still debauchery. A special level or depth, if you want to say it that way, of sin. And they are still performed more often by people who are under the influence. Notice how he brings that into the conversation here. That drunkenness is so often a participating cause for this type of activity in life. And we know that as the world has continued to develop new ways to sin, new ways of being under the influence have also been developed beyond just alcohol consumption. They are still considered to be carousing by anyone who sees them or participates in them. These activities continue in our day to instill jealousy and dissension, just as they did at the time of the Apostle Paul among the people who engage in them. Because sin begets sin, and even worsening sin, until sin has completely reclaimed that lost soul, now swimming in all kinds of different sins because of the lack of awareness, vigilance, focus. You and I navigate a world every day that tries to convince us that sin especially sexual sin, and sins with substances that dull our vigilance toward God's desires for us is really not all that bad. We should try it sometime. We should stop judging those sins and stop challenging those who engage in them. Rather, we should join them and come to the realization that all this immorality does not need to be carried out in the darkness anymore because it's normal. What normal people do, just living a normal human life, and that is what you should want for yourself, to be normal like everybody else. 
the immoral want us to join them in their debauchery because they don't want to ever feel guilty. They don't like the word indecent or disgusting or unnatural or immoral pointed at any of their activities because they do not want to feel guilty about doing any of these things. And the more they can get others, especially those who confess to be Christians and by that simple confession appear to think of themselves better, also join in all the better because that erases the guilt and the consequence. They never want to feel guilty about anything but completely free to do everything and anything they want. And that is exactly what Paul defines in these verses as utter darkness. Darkness of thought, darkness of life, and darkness that will extend into eternity if the Spirit doesn't bring the light necessary to understand these things for what they are. But he tells us that this is the very reason why we need the armor of light, the word of the Lord. It is only when we're clothed with the Lord Jesus Christ that you and I will see all the darkness around us for what it truly is. It is only when we are fully awake, realizing everything about the times in which we live, that we will fully understand what is involved in living God's will in the daytime. Clinging to the gospel as though the day of our redemption through Jesus Christ may dawn at any moment, because it just may. And so, think about that for a moment. It is actually an image that Paul puts in front of us today. It is now Advent. The season of the church year when we acknowledge that we are continually preparing for Jesus' coming. He is coming to us as the child of Bethlehem. And it is right and good and worthy for us to prepare our minds and our hearts and even our homes for a faithful Christian observation of that festival. But Christ is also coming soon upon the clouds of heaven to judge and rule eternally. To prepare for that, God calls us to understand that Christ comes to us continually, every day, in his word and his sacrament, to prepare us for that moment of his return. Just imagine if after all of that preparation, all of that focus on God and his word and his will, all of that accumulating understanding all of that awareness building that we choose for ourselves to still be involved, to engage in the debauchery of darkness, as Paul calls it here. What if Jesus returns? To find us clothed in that immorality, engaged in those deeds at that moment of his return, instead of clothed with him, 
with His righteousness and His perfection that He's given to us as a gift, but that we've cast off simply for the satisfying of our physical desires. Truly the call to wake up today, this day, every day, is an important one. It is important on the first Sunday of Advent. And the reason it is important is because it's never too late. It's never too late. Today is the day to wake up from the slumber of apathy and immorality. Paul tells us here, the hour has already come. Christ has lived in our place and died our death for us. He has given us his righteousness and his perfection as a robe to wear, which makes us fit for living with God. Despite our failures and our sins, despite it being entirely his gift to us and something we have never earned. Paul calls upon us to not take that robe off, to revel in sin, but to hold that robe of righteousness that covers us ever tighter, to grow in our knowledge of God's will and in the encouragement of his word so that we might Live every day as if it were our last day to show God how much we appreciate his gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Prepare yourself for Jesus coming every single day. Don't wait. Don't doze off again into spiritual sleep. It is the Holy Spirit who has awakened you to these realities through his word. Through the word, he has led you to believe the saving promise of your God in Christ. It's now time to live those realities. Wake up and stay awake every moment of every day. Because the hour has already come. Amen. Please stand. I'll grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen.